0: is my co-host, Levi. We are here to talk about some Marvel slash Disney Star Wars comic books, and we are a fan podcast. We're not connected. We're not, you know, we're just dudes reading, giving our opinion. Isn't that what comic book podcasts are all about? So far, that's what I have experienced. them. Yes, to be. Uh, okay. and uh, myself as well. Today, tonight, this evening, this morning, whenever you guys are consuming. Now. Uh, now. Whenever now. now is, yes. Now. That is the descriptor, now. <laughs> this episode, we're going to talk about Darth Vader issues 6 through 11. Yes. And yes, we know as we record this that there is an issue 12 for Darth Vader, but we can't talk about it because we haven't read it yet. So Exactly. So and then. we're not going to talk about what we haven't read. <laughs> no. It would, be, it would be a very short podcast. That would make us a politician, and we don't want to do that. No. All right. These um, – what is that? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven? Six Issues is written by – are written – were written by? Were, I guess. Were written by Karen Gillen. Have been. All, right, all of them, yeah. Actually, uh, these are the exact same creative personas as one through five, which we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen Gillen writing, Salvador LaRocca on art, Edgar Delgado on colors, and Joe Caramagna on letters. Uh, and uh, I throw out my – I'm sorry if I mispronounce any of those disclaimers here. <laughs> um, I am hopelessly white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Um, Appalachian American. Yes, uh, and, and that as well. Um, so all of that will, of course – uh, alter my ability to pronounce names not of that same designation as myself. <laughs> exactly. So I may get them right. If I do, it's probably more luck than anything else. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What What was your? Did, did you pull out of these six a favorite cover? I did. Yeah. Okay. Which one was it? Um, I liked eleven. Eleven. Let me take a gander. Ah, Vader carving himself a you-shall-not-pass circle with his Yeah. Neighbor. Yeah, uh, basically what it is is Darth Vader standing there. Uh, obviously there is uh, some sort of air movement as his cape is um, bustling behind him. I uh, take it to mean the air being warmed by what he's doing and what he's doing is taking the tip of his saber and carving an actually perfect circle it, it, it is very geo very well shaped <laughs> it is I mean it is like the perfect circle I, he must have like forced geometry to that yeah no doubt but he's, he's <laughs> carving a circle around himself and of course it being a very um combustible material is a light within uh, the three feet of his uh, saber uh, insertion point, that causing flame, that causing heat, and that's what I'm thinking is causing the air movement uh, of his uh, uh, cape. Right. When I saw the, I guess it would be flame as it's rising up from the circle and then Drifting up and wrapping around him, I, I was put in mind of some sort of uh, hot, heated m- metal cauldron. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know you can you can almost see that he's leaving like a a liquid trace from where whatever he's standing on is being liquefied in this area where he's drawing the circle with the lightsaber almost. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, alrighty, alrighty. Mine was. Issue 9 Issue 9, oh really, okay Yeah, um, and I, I liked it because of the, the perspective uh, that, that it was drawn in I, I guess would be the, the correct verbiage um, it's, it's Vader, um, we're, we're looking from behind Vader, so we see his back However, he is standing in front of um, some sort of probably portal on a, yeah. on a ship, one of his uh, star destroyers, and we can see his reflection. But past his reflection, we see one, two, three, four, five, five star destroyers as they're uh, steaming away. So we see the engines, uh, the fired engines, and a couple three, four tie fighters zipping around too, as well as the background of the. The stars and the planets, the lights, you know, that they would make. So it, it just that, that perspective just really caught my eye. And I guess it must be related to the <coughs> – um, and actually now that I think about it, I don't recall exactly. Is this the same issue that he had the conversation with uh, Boba Fett? You remember? No, 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 no. That one was last episode, so it would have been one of the previous issues. Hmm, okay, because that's the only time I can think of that we've seen him in front of this this thing, you know, looking out. Well, to, so, to be honest, now that you've brought it up, I have gotten the sense that that is a common thing that he does, that he looks... Out into space, that he looks out onto the ships, the fighters, the armada. But have you noticed how many times they draw him looking out through the the viewports, the glass, the whatever? I, I guess it's Vader being introspective. Either that or maybe he's using the Force to try and garner information. He's searching. Mm-hmm. Could be But yeah you're right It it is It is certainly uh, Something that they have used More than once Mm -hmm. In the In the Eleven issues That we've seen Well and actually More than Just Vader's issues Because in an issue Or two of Star Wars He did the same thing Mm -hmm. Um, And that I Believe I said something When we talked about The Star Wars book Uh, That is the kind of thing That they used To directly link These two series Was a a scene mm-hmm. involving Vader looking out a portal at or a, a porthole, I guess it's called um, at some portion of his gathered fleet mm-hmm. and they used it to connect the two so that we know that in essence, these two series, Star Wars and Darth Vader, are happening at the same time right they're they're juxtaposed um, as opposed to it It was really hard to get a handle on when Leia was i i it might have been almost impossible really to get much of a hand on when lando was mm, we, know yeah. we, we know in broad strokes but yeah but only like generally speaking we know yeah. after this and before that, and so, that was it. so yeah um shattered empire um that miniseries, was was a different time mm-hmm so. So yeah, those are really the only two that have have really come up as linked. Star Wars and, and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. All right, issue six. Uh, we see Darth Vader as he has been as he has found the creature called Cyclo, who has been working for the Emperor, doing some um, experiments, but more than just experimenting. He has been trying to come up with the next generation of lieutenant for the Emperor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, the replacement, if that is what's going to happen, for Darth Vader as far as his position. Um, Cyclo has uh, constructed several cybernetic beings. Vader found this out. Um, actually, he found out at the same time that the Emperor was present for a demonstration. So we pick directly up with Cyclo instructing his cybernetic uh, creations. Five, there's a set of twins, a male and female set of twins, and then three other different entities. All five of them have names, but to be honest with you, I didn't write down the individual names. Other and, yeah. The boy and the girl are twins. They refer mm-hmm. to them as the twins. I mean, honestly, they were just they were um, just unimpressive. I mean, they, they just didn't stick in my mind. It was like, oh, okay, that's interesting part of the storyline, but they don't really stand out themselves. Right, yeah. One of them was uh, Amon Calamari that had been mm-hmm. experimented on. One of them, I think, was the same race that the bounty hunter Bosk is. I don't yeah. know if that's his name or if that's his race. Um, And then the other one, other than the twins, the twins were humanoid. um, And the fifth member was also humanoid. Mm -hmm. So, Cyclo has told them to demonstrate, using Vader, what they can do, what they're about, so that the Emperor can can see that. In the midst of this, uh, the Emperor decides that he wants some one or some of these fights to be to the death between Vader and these cybernetic beings. So he he declares that it be to the death. Uh, in the midst, they've they've been kind of sparring, and then I guess the Emperor got kind of bored with the sparring and said to the de- to the pain. No, he said to the death. Hmm. So after the. Uh, Vader does end up dispatching one of the cybernetic beings, the Bosk creature. The Emperor stops, and he tells everyone, these four cybernetic creatures and Vader, that ultimately only one of them will be his lieutenant. That being said, he will decide at a later time, and until then, no one is to kill anyone else. Mm Mm-hmm. So you you can't improve your chances by whittling down the numbers, and he just he, he leaves it at that. It's a ploy. Well, uh, we then get um, several scenes of Vader and the Emperor going back and forth verbally, and uh, m- my impression of that was it was the uh, the fixing fix the the. the Fixing the, the um, informing us, the reader, rather, of what the current new status quo is between Vader and his position and the Emperor and his position. And something about that I just want to bring up, not that it uh, makes you sympathize with Vader at all, but the looking at... His position and his point of view helps you empathize, understand better what he had to live under every day. Right, right. You know, and you you kind of get a sense of uh, basically why he turned out like he did. The the emperor was an evil man and became much more evil. I don't think Vader slash Anakin was really ever evil. He may have been bad, but this this comic series gives you um, greater understanding of, of everyday or day-to-day living for, for Vader and, and what he had to go through and why he was the way he was. And that's that's... Another thing that makes this interesting to me. Okay. All right. As uh, I thought that uh, what you're saying was really prevalent in Episode 3, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really saw at that time that the Emperor was truly just an evil man. He mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, just a quote-unquote bad guy or whatever. He was evil. Yeah. And even uh, even more so to me because of his um, corrupting of Anakin mm-hmm you know I mean he he found a, a weakness and he just exploited the hell out of it completely <laughs> you know completely so much so that Anakin it changed mm-hmm you know his personality he just became a different and it's like that you know that was just evil yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah you're right now you're seeing uh, in in the book that you're seeing it not from the external perspective that you got from the movie which was external of everything mhm now you're seeing it much much more from vader's perspective you're you're seeing things the way Vader sees them. You're hearing things that are directed at Vader mm-hmm. the way he hears them. So yep. yeah, you you definitely get much more of that oppression that uh, threat must have been in working. And I'm throwing up major quotes here. Working with the Emperor. Yeah. But yeah, this and and some some things come out in this conversation that basically. For the entire time, uh, the, probably the most poignant, was the entire time that Vader has, um, or Anakin has, apprenticed under the Emperor, Cyclo has been working on these other projects. Yeah, and possibly even before. Before that, right, right. So, Vader is is just, whatever term you want to throw out there, to the Emperor, a pawn. Uh, no, okay. I, I, I'd say probably a, a pawn, a puppet, not so much. He wants to use it in his overall game. Right, right. So it's just fodder. It, yeah, it, it's it's really it, you. You almost, I, I almost felt bad for Vader. <laughs> yeah, almost. exactly. See that, and that that was another thing about the comic, was it's like. Oh, I remember how he was. and Oh. Yeah, yeah, really? You know? (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Almost, yeah. And then you're like, but he decided and he keeps deciding, so he's bad. Okay, never mind. Yeah, really. Uh, But no, Vader's a bad guy. (laughs) You you tried, but no, you didn't fool me yet. Yeah, it's like he's – it's not like he's misunderstood. No, no. No, no. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) All right, um – Issue six wraps up when Vader learns the identity uh, once and for all. So this, uh, issue six, is where he has this conversation with uh, Boba Fett. Because this is where Vader learns once and for all who the farm boy is. Yep. And this is the scene that is mirrored in one of the issues of Star Wars, the Star Wars book itself, where he gets upset using the force he cracks the um, viewing glass that he was looking yeah, out of. of of the of the portal that he's at mm-hmm. so yeah we and and it this this is a, a a several page revelation to Vader as he goes through several uh, instances of his life as Anakin pulls things together because he's been told that the last name of the farm boy. With Skywalker. So it's not like just a, a scene of talking heads between him and Boba Fett or anything like that. It's several pages and you see, you know, you, you you envision that this is what is going through Vader's head when he's being told. Right, but you also see that he realizes that the Emperor lied to him about what happened to Padme. Yes. He's, and uh, yes, that's that does not make him happy at all. No, but he doesn't do anything with it. Mm-mm. He starts. He 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 calls out the emperor, but when the emperor responds, he doesn't. He doesn't do or say anything. So, all right. Uh, issue seven. We open with Vader. Afra and her killer droids, there. They have all gone to Tatooine because Vader wants to see firsthand where the information came from that led uh, Boba Fett to the conclusion, other than the obvious, that the farm boy's name was Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Tatooine and he, he wants to be where Luke was. So first he goes to Uncle Whatever's Moisture mm-hmm. yeah and then he goes to Ben Kenobi's old uh, house, hut, whatever you want to call it. After going through everything, and again, we, we have some images that I would attribute as what's going on in Vader's mind in each of these two locations. He wipes both of them off the planet completely erases them with some kind of uh, plasma bomb or something like that, they call it. Mm-hmm. So um, he's – in my mind, he is attempting to erase his connection to Luke is, is really what I took that to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, this is a spoiler podcast. I should have said that. No, we we forgot to mention that at the top. Yeah, yeah. uh, Talk about the, but but we're also going to be talking about the movies because of how closely related they are. So, Mm -hmm. um, if if you haven't seen the movies, there's really no excuse at this point in your life. But I acknowledge, I guess it's possible. Hmm. So, uh, Darth Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. Yeah, which. He he realized in issue six. Yes, and uh, yeah, like you said, he also realized that hey, the emperor just flat out lied to me. Yep, about that. So um, we continue think- on Tatooine. We see that Vader uh, gets involved in breaking up a smuggling ring that's there apparently, uh, or in the outer in the outer rim. But I, I took it that they were still on Tatooine. Mm, that does not look like Tatooine. Okay, uh, he did it as a, um, and again, more air quotes, favor to Jabba the Hut, as per the arrangement that they made a couple issues ago to mm-hmm. um, be of service to each other. No, see right here it says it's it's Sun Tool. So, okay. yeah, you're right. It is, it is in the Outer Rim, so you were right about that, but it's not Tatooine. It's not Tatooine. Um, okay. Sun Tool Pride. Yeah. Sun, Sun Tool. Pride. They stay on that for several issues. Yeah, I believe. So, yeah, so he's cleaning out some of uh, the hut's competition. Uh, again, as a favor, because. In getting what he requested from the Hut, this is what the Hut requested from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting character here. Uh, it's a female of that race. Is that a Rodian? Is is that the name? I know a Hut is the title. Um, Jabba would be his name, but I. I don't, oh, I, I thought a, you were. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about a different character. No, no, no. Uh, I was talking about the female Hut character. Oh no! It, yeah, Hut. Hut is the the race, I guess. I thought it was a title. Well, but if it's a title, then why is it? Why are they translating from Hut ease? Oh well, then no. Yeah, it wouldn't be a title. It would. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be the race then. Okay. Hmm. All this time, I was thinking it was a title like boss or lieutenant or you know Mm -mm. he was Jabba the not like Ed the Caucasian but like yeah but Ed the human the human yeah that would be better Um, but yeah there's a female one here which I thought was kind of interesting or at least I perceived it to be female so did I so maybe we're just sexist it could be I'll I'll wear that that's fine (laughs) um Okay, so we, we have that scene, and then the last scene in the book, uh, we see Afra. Uh, she's gone to a bar and has attempted, as far as we know by the end of the book, attempted to hire a group of bounty hunters because she has a mission for them. We don't see what that mission is in this issue. So... We're just left i i was kind of left wondering was she doing something for vader was she going to double cross him yeah it's she just running her own game yeah at this point it's like what's she doing yeah it, it it just the way it was it was written i was very curious as to what her point was what her uh her end game was mm-hmm. so issue 8 leads right into that from that scene mm mm-hmm. mhm um, what Afra has done is she has hired the bounty hunters. Okay. Which, by the way, I just have to say how cool a, a, a bad Wookiee is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, one, one of one of the bounty hunters. Let me see. I tried to find his name. Black. Yeah, Black Kazik Kiz, or something or Kyrgyzstan, Kyrgyzstan yes. or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Just, you know, knowing the, the reputation that Chewbacca had, you know, and then you see this just as tall, just as wide, just as fierce looking, scarred, like almost one-eyed um, charcoal-colored yeah. fur, spooky yeah. bounty hunter. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've seen in seven issues. Now, he was the same Wookiee bounty hunter that was with Boba Fett that Vader spoke to um, earlier in the series after Jabba the Hutt contacted them, sending them to Vader because he had specific jobs he needed done. Yes. So, yes. But I didn't mention how cool he was then. No, no. And at the time, you might not have thought he was as cool as you think now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, back when Vader uh, broke up the smuggling ring, in defeating the smugglers, he took their money, mm-hmm. all of their money. So now what Afra has done is she has hired these bounty hunters. She knows how and where and when those credits – which is what they're calling the money, is going to be transported uh, by the Empire. She wants the bounty hunters to hijack that shipment. So that's what they're um, – that's, that's what they set out to do. Big, uh, convoluted, much thought out kind of plan, too. So. Mm-hmm. This is something that must have taken a little while to set up, although, you know, it it looked like maybe a day at most in the in the book as you're reading it. But yeah, it had to have taken more time than that because it was just it was too intricate. Either that, or someone had had it planned for a very long time, worked it out, and they're just really good and implemented it short notice. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's possible. Um here things go kind of uh, they go c- kind of wonky overall, but I, 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 it, it makes sense by the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the plan ends up liberating the credits into space. They are literally floating away because that portion of the ship that physically was hauling the credits was attacked they spilled into space, the um, bounty hunters in Afra were able to gather up a portion of them, but the rest of the shipment of credits, quote unquote, got away. Mm-hmm. They just weren't able to get to it as it was floating around in space. So, all the bounty hunters get paid their share of what they were able to, to capture, and everybody moves on. However, Afra did secure the rest of the shipment mm-hmm. without the bounty hunter's help or knowledge. So they, she she did get it. Um, Vader meets her and you find out that this must have been part of his plan because he doesn't give her any grief. Mm-hmm. It, you know, he doesn't, it's like this is oh, – oh, okay, boss, I did it. Here you go. Here's the proof. And Vader is there. Yeah, okay, good job. You're right. You, you did what you were supposed to do. Right. So the whole thing, by uh, from the, the, the time he agreed to break up the smuggling ring, this was ultimately his end plan was to get some of the booty that mm-hmm. the smugglers had to fund his own stuff, like Vader has been doing in the whole series. Yeah, he's been working behind the scenes at all of his own um, end games the entire time that we have seen him. He, he he's he's got he he's always got two things going, one for him and one for the emperor. Yeah, at least exactly right. You know, anywhere he is, he has a meeting, and then later on at that same place he has a meeting for the other side, whichever way it goes. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Throughout the book, he has been – as the Emperor has been directing him to go do things, he's been taking that opportunity on whatever that portion of the mission was to set things up for himself also. Mm -hmm. And it – there – I don't know if it happened yet or it already happened, but it – I got the impression from the um, Emperor that this is the kind of thing that one expects from a Sith – Student, that there are you know um, secrets and uh, you know um, machinations that they are to be doing while also serving um, without question their their Sith Lord. Okay and I, like I said I don't know if it was if it's already if he's already alluded to it cuz I he said something and I can't remember I'd have to go through all of them to to find it again but he said something about Vader's keeping a secret or something something that he found out that Vader was doing and he basically you know was like I would expect nothing less from my pupil that sounds like it was probably a portion of the conversation after Vader had the run in with the cybernetic folks okay that setting of the status quo kind mm-hmm. of conversation they had going right after that mm-hmm yeah that, I, I seem I seem to recall something uh, similar to what you're saying as far as that's what I would expect from right uh, part of the conversation but yeah it just it seems that that's uh Either expected from the the relationship, the, the the master student, or it's expected from a Sith practitioner, or I don't know. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So he he expects that Vader is doing stuff. Yes, and and allows it. And I got that he would be disappointed if Vader wasn't. Right, because Vader wasn't uh, acting to his full potential. Exactly. All right, next up at the end of – let's see. yeah, At the end of this issue, uh, Vader is back with uh, General Tog, Tag, Tog, however you pronounce it. Tog is is handing out new assignments to everybody, including the cybernetic beings that the emperor apparently was nice enough to hand over to him. Hmm. And in addition, Vader is assigned a new handler. Because he, uh, well, he killed the (laughs) previous one. Yep. That's not what he said he did, but that's what he did. He he killed him so that he didn't have to worry about him. Yep. And oddly enough, the assignment that is given to Vader by Tog is to find out what happened to this shipment of credits Mm -hmm. that was – dispatched from Vader's previous uh, foray under the direction of the general um, that we just saw attacked by, so we know what happened to it, Mm -hmm. but Vader now has been assigned to officially determine Mm -hmm. what happened to it. He has been given the investigation into the crime that he committed. That he committed, yes. Along with um, Thanos. That's his new handler. Yep. Who um, – I thought I wrote this down. Maybe I just thought it – But no, here it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thanos reminds me very, very much of a Star Wars version of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, with the mutton chops connecting to the mustache with Just no all of it. Bottom he just, I mean, team. yeah, he, he's a master of deductive reasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an older gentleman, and for whatever reason, when I read his dialogue, it has an English accent when I read it. And now that you mention that, the uh, uh, hats that the officers wear now look a lot more like a Holmes hat. Uh, yeah, that, that odd-shaped hat that Holmes mm-hmm. has always seen it. Yeah, so it <laughs> – but that, that's what – that's who I envision when I when I see that character is he's – uh, the Star Wars universe's Sherlock Holmes, uh, working for the bad guys. Mm. I, okay. He struck me as an opportunist. Okay. So okay. it's not that he's working for the bad guys, he's working for the people that are in power. Right. He's Yeah, he's working for whoever has the power. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Issue 9, Vader and Dennis go to the star system where... The actual attack on the Empire's transport ship occurred to start their investigation. Meanwhile, uh, and, and there's, most of the issue is about Vader and Thanoff, um, Thanos trying to find out what's going on. You kind of get the impression, or I got the impression, I'll say, that Vader was trying to hedge. Also, mm. uh, he he was he, he's constantly expecting a shoe to drop, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. pre- prepared to to um, explain what that shoe is if he has to. I I got the impression that that Vader was waiting, but I also got the impression that Thanos. If not new, then suspected yes, oh yeah uh, I, I I certainly in in any of their interactions, I don't believe that he is taking Vader at face value. no, and i I honestly, I think it started with the fact that I think he he suspected Vader had something to do with the death of his predecessor uh okay. And so he comes into the situation already suspecting, and then as he he finds things through, uh, finds things out, I I think you know, and you you make a great point with bringing up the fact that he reminds you of Holmes because Holmes at this point would have already deduced the most plausible possibilities, one of which would have been Vader's guilty. Right, yeah, that 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 would have had to have been one of the first possibilities that you would consider. Exactly, the the one of the more logical. So, so far in just uh, just this first issue, issue nine, the, it's a, an interesting enough dynamic between the two of them that that I, I pay particular attention to their interactions when they come up there's there's definitely a tension between the two of them that you're like okay is it going to be now is this going, is this going to be the scene is this going to be the time that exactly yeah he says something he says something he finds something out he cuts his head off you know and i'm i'm always reading the words very carefully too yeah because y- you know that if they're going to do it, it's going to be in like just a sentence or three words that something's revealed. Right. That later on, you know, the other is going to be like, "I knew it," and you're like, "Wait, what? 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 Yeah. What do you say? The, yeah. The, the The word choice is very. It seems very measured between both men. Oh yes, it very interesting. Yes, it very much is. Not that Vader's isn't already uh, limited as it is. <laughs> You know, Baker doesn't talk much anyways, but... No, he doesn't, but he... It it feels like he chooses exactly what he says... Yeah. ...more carefully with Thanos, because he doesn't... Because he knows that the Emperor will have him strung up if he finds out. If he even suspects, you know? Overtly suspects. And then... To finish up this issue, we see that Afra is uh, tracking down further information to try to find out where this farm boy is that we already know, Vader already knows, but Afra is trying to find out more information, I presume for Vader. Uh, that, that comes into question here in another issue or two. Mm hmm. But she she is pursuing information and has found that there is a connection between Luke and something going on on Naboo. So that that is where she's undoubtedly headed next. Mm-hmm. Issue ten, um, Afra is given an opportunity pretty early in the book to um, to add to her backstory. We, we hear uh, her in conversation talking about her thoughts and her feelings. So yeah. they're, they're, they're taking a, a short break from everything else and, and fleshing out Afra a little bit because, honestly, since she joined up with Vader, she's just been doing stuff. You know, We haven't uh, learned much about her other than what she's capable of, but certainly we don't know how or why she has learned to do these things. And, and to be honest I, I have to say I was I was disappointed in, in this section not because it was someone pouring out their emotions, not because it was a female character getting all emotional. I thought male or female, what that character was doing in this specific situation was horribly out of place. okay yeah I mean here you know they're, they're, they they've gone. To get information from the coroner? Yes, the coroner who... Um, performed well, the autopsy. Yeah, yeah, performed the autopsy. If, not just the autopsy, but was responsible overall for the burial right, of, of Queen Amidala. Of Queen Amidala, because if anyone is going to know how she was physically, it's going to be this dude. Right, Well, Absolutely. They go. They find him. They go there, and they're basically questioning him. And she just basically breaks down uh, into this. uh, I don't even know how to explain it. She's she's standing there, you know, talking about how, you know, she is definitely not this child that this happened to, and you know, it's definitely not. uh, It's just it. It was. it didn't make any sense how they did it no no you're right it was just it was it was very confusing uh, the, I, I think it was poorly done i mean that that one i think or that section i think was just poorly poorly done because i i was left after reading it thinking what was that yeah it 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 certainly came out of nowhere as far as the character yeah you know I mean, I mean? There, there, there hadn't even been a, a lead-up as to that's a character quirk of hers. Right. It was just this this gushing of emotion in the fashion that she was doing it to this guy that she didn't know in this situation that was not the best time. Now, no, normally I thought that this would be the time in, like, say, the movie where – someone would be speaking in generalities mm-hmm. about what they do know about this other person right. in hopes that those generalities would ultimately force the other person to acknowledge yeah you're right you know all about what I did but mm-hmm. here's what you don't know yeah exactly you know let me let me add the fine points that you're missing it it felt like that was the scene that was the conversation but instead she got all touchy-feely about how she about her feelings and her place and it's like but this isn't the scene for that that's not what you're trying to do yeah i mean she's she's standing there trying to starting out trying to be a hard-ass to get this guy to to talk right and and she's like oh you know I'm sure that you never did this and this and this, and you didn't do this and this, and this never happened. And she's talking about things that she did as a kid. And I'm just like, how is that relevant to the current situation? Right. Yeah. How, how is that going to get him to spill his guts in it in essence? So, I mean, if, if I were sitting there as, as the one being held captive, I think quite honestly, I would be both confused and scared even more because I have no idea what she's talking about. And she must be clearly out of her mind because this has nothing to do with anything that we were talking about before. Before, right. Yeah. All of a sudden she launches into this and you're like, what? Why? And, and I, and now I know for sure that I'm going to die because she's talking about her past. Yeah, really. (laughs) Um, At the end of the conversation, uh, it, it, Comes out, um, I think, confirming a lot of what Aphra thought already, but that uh, Queen Amidala had given birth before uh, – some some amount of time before she was died and, and – She uh, was died? She was died before wow. she died. Yeah. English is like a fourth language <laughs> to me. Um, and I'm not that good at the other three, so <laughs> – no, I guess time frame isn't important, but just at some point in her life she gave birth. Yeah. Now, n- nothing is indicative of how many births or how many children. Nope. See, they went in assuming, them, uh, they, uh, Afra, went in assuming that there was only the one. The, the boy child. The one child. Yes. Yeah, so that would mean just one birth, just one child. Um, this son—that's that, who we're looking for. So exactly. that's who she went in looking for. She showed her hand uh, exactly, and he—well, yes, you—you're you, right. It, she had a son. He—he he agreed with her, and that was it. And in, he still—he still—and he still, this is what I liked about how they wrote it, and about him—he still served the crown because he. Pre- protected leia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There there is still an heir that nobody knows about. Mhm. And that's what he was he was supposed to do is keep that secret. So, there we go. And that right there was something that I have never ever thought about. Since the first movie, well not the first movie, since finding out the lineage that those two are heirs of Naboo. Both of them. Yeah, no, I I hadn't. All you ever think about is that they are Anakin's children. Or that Princess Leia was the adopted, we find out now. Right. um, uh, Daughter of the the royals of whatever the planet was that they lived on. Oh, it was almost there. I was going to say Aldebaran, but no, that's not right. Alderaan. Alderaan, yes, there we go. So, Okay, so she's a princess in that... You know, she was the adopted daughter of, of the royalties there. Okay. But then reading this, it's like, wait, heir. Yeah. Both of them are heirs to – oh. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that, it's like, oh, wow, you're right. <laughs> they would be. Yeah, and that, that totally changed, like, how I looked at both of them because it's like, could they go back? Uh, can, can they use that yeah I mean are are they are they now royal and double royal themselves right yep so that that changed how I looked at the whole dynamic of, of the universe now something at the very end of this book uh, caught well it didn't catch my eye you you had no choice but I, I'm not completely sure what it means I think the last three panels show that vader is being spied on see that is that what you got that is exactly what i got okay all right that is exactly what i got because i was reading the top panel and she's turning to walk away and talking to him and you're like okay and then it shows you know it it focuses on him and and he says a few words and you're like okay the second or the third panel of the four is a, a, a little light that, to be honest, until you just mentioned it now, I didn't notice that one. But he says a few more words. But then the last panel on the last page, it looks like the outline and lights of one of those spy bots, right? Right. That was in episode four, like outside the ship. Yes. Out in the in in the the interstellar spaces somewhere well, they're not they're not on a ship they're on Anthem Prime okay so, in in the atmosphere yeah so it it looked yeah. like it was behind him because you're basically looking past him over his shoulder to see this outline and light and so it it's like oh well it's and that's exactly what I thought that he was being spied on okay. That's, that's what I the, – the other possibility that occurred to me was that they were using it to signify something having to do with um, the Handler Thanoth, that he was out there also, something that Vader has to contend with. Mm, that's like, like they were showing his ship. Yeah, that's but that's still a bit. That's too vague. Okay, all right. That, that's the only other thing that I could come up with, other than, oh, well, they're showing us the Vader's being spied on. Hey, yeah, and that's so, that's a, okay. Exactly what I got. Okay, cool. All right, uh, let's see here. In issue eleven, we see that Afra uh, is is finishing up talking to the. Um, Oh, what did he refer to himself as? He used, like, a job title as his name or something like that. Yeah, hold on. Uh, Let me see if I can find it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um. Hang on a sec, guys, while we flip here. Um, He introduces himself to Vader by that name. Yeah, but Vader also, in talking about him, uses that as well. Um, oh, you know, and it's it's so it, typical, you can't... Yeah, I see it three or four times as I'm reading, but now that I want to find it, I'm, I'm not. Hang with us, guys. Sorry, I'm digging into this now, and it's going to kill me if I don't find it. Anti. Okay. I am the anti. Yeah. And automatically, when I saw that word, I thought of poker. Yeah, of course. Ante. So um, that is the individual, and it's a, a really odd individual. It, it looks like the alien that the mask for the movie Scream was based on. Yeah, I, I thought that that was – a very original concept for a species. Yeah, he, he, he looks pretty rough. Um, he had the information about which, uh, that, that Afra had tracked down through the corner as to where this son that Amidala had before she was killed was. Yeah, he's he's basically the universe's uh, information broker. He's he's the guy that anything that's worth knowing, anything that's kind of worth knowing, and most of anything that no one cares about, he knows about. Right. So he tells Afra that Luke, and she doesn't know that his name is Luke, but we know by everything that we've learned about the character. Mm-hmm. Uh. He tells Afra that Luke is on Vrogus Vos. Mm-hmm. Now, nowhere in my recollection do I ever remember Luke being on a planet by that name. So, I yeah, I was like, wait, what? I've never even heard that planet. So me neither. It it, it could be a MacGuffin. It could be that we're just filling in some of the spaces in in Luke's life that occur between movies. So well, I mean, look at Leia. Right, right. So Vrogus Voss, I, I would suggest that at some point very soon in, in Vader's series, we'll be on that planet. Mm-hmm. So she finishes up her meeting, uh, and as she is with Auntie Vader and Sanoff, and the stormtrooper contingent that they have at their command arrive because they also want to speak to this man, feeling that he has information about the stolen shipment of credits that they're tracking down. Yes, see, Thanos was able to crack a safe in which was the name that led him – well, the information that led him to this person who would know about the uh, the robbery, the heist – of the credits. This person who knows anything that's worth knowing in the universe. What's interesting is that Vader's agent, uh, the the Chica, Afra. Afra, yes, is working to do the same thing that Thanos is working to do, but they're doing it independently, and here Vader is basically stuck in the middle, because he's got Afra, who's trying to look, he's got Thanos, who's trying to look. They're both finding at the same time. He can't let one side know that he knows about the other side. So it, he's—it's—it's it's interesting to watch unfold, and it's interesting to see the position that he's in uh, during this. He also did not know that Afra would be here. No, he didn't. So, you know, he—he he, much like the Emperor directs him. He's given a task, and the Emperor is hands-off as to how it's accomplished, just get it done. Yeah, he expects results. Vader has done the same thing with Aphra, so he doesn't specifically know, other than when he sees her, where she is or exactly what she's doing. They don't stay in any kind of touch for stuff like that. Right, it's it's not like up-to-date, like, by the way, boss, I'm going here right now. Right, right. It's like, I want you to do this. I don't want to talk to you till you come back with results. So here's Vader with, with his handler running down this stuff while he's trying to watch what Thanos finds out. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, Vader is the responsible party that they're trying to find. They just don't know it's Vader. Well, of right. Vader knows it's Vader. But <laughs> yep. So he's worrying about that. And then, in the midst of this raid to get this guy to get information, here's Afra. So Afra manages to escape uh, momentarily. Uh, ultimately, though, Vader catches up with her. Yep, because he has to. Right, for a couple reasons. Right. Uh, first of all, he has to maintain his plausible deniability there for Thanos. But also. He didn't even know she was going to be there, so he, he's trying to find out what she's, what she's up to. Right. Um, the conversation really doesn't go far enough for Vader to get any of that because everything is, is coming to a head too quickly. He mm-hmm. doesn't have the time. Uh, so instead he lets Aphra go, uh, plays as if he were caught in a booby trap, and Thanos finds him, him Vader, uh, when Aphra has, quote-unquote, escaped. Mm-hmm. Now, Thanos isn't concerned because, on setting all of this up, the raid uh, for Anti Thanoth protected any possible backdoors of escape anyone could use, and Afra runs afoul of that. Yeah, he uh, a blockade basically. <laughs> yeah, um, so. At, at the end of issue 11, we don't see that she gets captured. As as far as we know, Thanoff has no knowledge of whoever that is, just a ship. Right. And uh, Vader does know. He, he knows more of what's going on than anyone else does. And that's where we end uh, this, this issue and, and thus the, the books that we're going to talk about this episode. So... Um, Aphra has information that Vader, I'm sure, definitely wants because she has tracked down Luke to a specific planet. Vader is trying to keep Thanos from finding out that Vader was the one responsible for what they're investigating. Um, Thanos knows that Vader is up to something. Mm -hmm. I don't think he has put all the pieces together yet. If he has... He has done a really, really good job of not remotely letting on that he has. Or he's just wanting Vader to hang himself. Okay. That could very well be it. See, because if we go back to your whole um, Sherlock Holmes analogy, Mm -hmm. that would be exactly what Holmes would do. He would wait to let the bad, good, or good, bad, or whatever guy hang himself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, it, interesting, uh, interesting point for me in this story. Uh, these these different things coming to a head uh, rather quickly here. Probably within the next issue or two, I would I would suggest. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what issue twelve has, and then. What is it? Vader down is uh, the um, uh, how how they're moving forward after that. So yeah, it's I think it's a crossover directly between the Star Wars book and the Darth Vader book. Well, in uh, I think it was actually in the on the last page of this one. No, it's the last page of twelve. So maybe I did read twelve. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it details the breakdown of the crossovers. Oh, okay, okay. So there's, yeah, I,
1: there's, I know a
0: that, of, there's a couple in this. There's a couple in the Star Wars uh, as to how, it, how the story is going to – Right. To, it, uh, there, there are portions in each of those two books, and then there's a standalone. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a six-issue series, but when I really sit down and think about that, I don't think that's correct. Hmm. I, I've, I saw – I thought on the cover that it said one of six, but I didn't think that it was – I thought it was just a standalone book. But. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so first up For those of you that are new to the show We rate what we have talked about mm-hmm. Now eventually we'll get to the, the case where we're rating multiple books per episode Because they're different books Right. But right now as we're doing our catch-up episodes We rate the books we have read So mm-hmm. in this instance it's Darth Vader issues 6 through 11 Mm-hmm. uh we have two choices. it's a one or a zero, a thumbs up thumbs down. but for us it's going to be a blue lightsaber which is good. Thank you <laughs> or the red lightsaber I, I've learned I've learned what I need to do now so it, it, it'll be all good. okay good <laughs> or a red lightsaber which is bad. So Levi for Darth Vader issues six through eleven. What color saber do you give it? Um, Overall, I'm again going to give it a blue saber. Um, I've said it before. uh, I said it last time. I said it probably multiple times this um, episode. I just I really like the perspective that it gives um, into the life of Vader. The and And what you just you didn't see and you didn't get to know about concerning that side of the story you you get a little bit of the backstory, but you get a better understanding of uh, that side of it, <laughs> you know, right? And right. you know it just I, I also, like I said, I, I I enjoy the feel of the writing because they have written it not as a good guy telling a bad guy story but as the bad guy's perspective because if you don't know yet the first page that um, you get to in every comic is a summary of what has happened before in the style of the um, scrolling away script that was in the movies for Vader. It is talking about how the the rebellion is bad, or or how what they're doing is counterintuitive to the advances or the greatness of the Empire. So it's 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 from that perspective. It's so black propaganda. Because you, you know good versus bad, but it's not black propaganda. It's w- what they would tell their people, how they would think overall. You know they, Not every stormtrooper was evil. I don't even think 1% of the stormtroopers were evil. They were just doing what they thought was right in the military complex of the empire. Well – Arguably, even having to do what they thought was right, they were doing what they were told to do. Oh, well, that too. So that's, you know, I mean, that's the the goal of the military is to train their their members to obey orders, just flat out obey right. orders. So and, and so for for them, it wasn't necessarily good or evil. It was just doing what they were supposed to. I mean, you know, maybe they were. Oh, what's uh, what's it called when you are. Forced to join the military? Uh, conscripted? Uh, yeah, but it's a more modern term. They did it for World drafted. War Drafted? Yeah, okay. Drafted. So maybe maybe they were drafted, and they're just doing their duty to the Empire, you know? <laughs> they're serving their four years, and they're getting out. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's now, it's, it's from that perspective. The story's being told, so that's what makes this really interesting. It's certainly very different. It's... Uh, it, I think the book is more enjoyable if you read Darth Vader in a other Star Wars information you may have in your head, Vacuum. Mm, okay, good point. Because then it's not – you You have no prior knowledge of good or bad. Or, and You are reading about the main lieutenant for the Empire and his travails to – um, to help the empire achieve what it wants to achieve. Exactly. You have no, no preconceptions or biases. Right. And in that vein, it's no different from a host of other books mm-hmm. of a similar vein with somebody following orders of a superior in order to get a job done. Mm-hmm. You know, we, um, particularly since we've watched... Uh, either three or six movies depending Mm -hmm. on you know how many folks out there have seen we already have a preconceived notion of which side is good and which Mm -hmm. side is bad right so you know you you bring that when you read darth vader because you you have already put him in a box but if you take him out of that box and just get rid of the box and just read Darth Vader. I think it is such an interesting book, mm-hmm. like you say, Levi, because it's a perspective that we just don't get that often in comic books. Uh, no, but also in most of uh, our, uh, our entertainment media we don't, to be honest. True, true. Uh, because it's, it's always the good side either telling the good side – or telling the bad side with the good side spin on how they tell it. Right, exactly right. Um, we we always assume we always assume that the good side must have won because they are writing the history. Yes, and, and uh, that's what yeah. we're reading. Yep, and uh, when they when they tell it, oh, but he was confused or. He wasn't doing the right thing, but he felt he was at the time. No, right. no, this one is. This is what he did, and this is how these people view these things from this perspective. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, so, that is that. That does make the book cool. Yeah, it does. So, I mean, uh, these um, issues, I, I give a, a blue saber to. Cool. Now um, we're eleven issues in mm-hmm. to this particular series. Do, do you have any different thoughts of a more positive or more negative nature after having read these six um, compared to after you read the first five? <sighs> no, I don't. I am okay. still I'm still um, just, <clears throat> excuse me as as happy. Um, I I have enjoyed them just as much, and um, I, I gave the the first five uh, a blue saber as well. Uh, yeah. So the entire series, eleven issues, and that's eleven issues. So one, two, you're like, mm, I don't know. Eleven, you kind of got a feel of how it is right now. Could that change in the future? Of course. Could it change in a hundred issues? Yes. In 11 issues, have they pretty much set how it is for right now? Yes. And how it is right now is good, and I like how it is right now. Yeah. Uh, I am comfortable enough now that I'm starting to be concerned about when they're going to change either writers or artists. Yeah, because the the art has really been consistently spot on as well. Yes. 11 issues – uh, that's a long time for one team to to go, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm expecting. I hope just a short term break in one or the other, or maybe both. You know, I, I could see maybe they would get a hold of another writer artist for a maybe a two or three issue fill in while these guys take a break and then come back full steam. Right, a, a switch up. Yeah, but I, I haven't seen in the in the previews that they've done that. Although, to be honest, I haven't looked because I, I don't want to know what's going on with these books. I want to read them as, they, as as I get the chance to read them. I don't even read them as they come out necessarily, but yeah, I don't I get anymore. the chance to read them. So I don't know. Usually I keep up with that because there are creators that I like and don't like and whatever, but I haven't really been looking for any of the Star Wars books. Um, I, I too, uh, will agree and give a blue saber to issues 6 through 11, uh, just as I did issues 1 through 5. I I think I agree uh, pretty much with everything that you've said that you're liking about the book. Um, I want to add a little bit to, in my mind, the outstanding job that Salvador Roca is doing on – Art, which I guess is pencils and colors, or is there a separate colorist? Uh, let's Let me see look. Here. Writer, artist, colorist. Oh, okay. In- uh, inker. Uh, yeah. A penciler and an inker, I guess, all of that is being done by LaRocca. But uh, since I've brought it up, I will go ahead and say that the colors have done nothing but add to the book. Oh, no doubt. So that's not always the case, unfortunately, in comics. Uh, Sometimes the artist and the colorist, they they just don't seem to agree necessarily, and and you can kind of see that. But this this quartet of creators is just hammering out some excellent, excellent work on top of the fact that the subject uh, is an interesting subject too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's going to help, obviously. And their 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 art has been really crisp. Yes, I mean it's just it's it's just good. It it, it is. It's just it's good. It's it's solid. No bleeding. No softness to it. Um, just it, it's been very crisp. Um, you know your your contrasts are good. It's just it's been it's been. It, it is it, uh, lent to the overall uh, blue saber of the series, right? Uh, they they could they could easily um, kind of skimp with Vader because he's all black. Sure, you can make it dark, you can make it moody, you can make it shadowy, you can make it um, not uh, as more, distinct. He, yeah, more more black and white. Put in all the lines. You could just mm-hmm. rely on, you know, he's a presence. He's no no. They, they have glints of light and shine and angles, and I mean, they're, they're not skimping in the art on this entirely black figure, issue after issue after issue after issue. Yeah, they really do work with how the light uh, plays on his polish. Yes. On, on anything that is turned, how they think that the light should be… Reflecting or uh, working, uh, you know, off of his surfaces, they they take that into consideration, and sometimes it's like, oh well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Th- th- this has been one of uh, my more enjoyable uh, comic book uh, forays, I guess I'll call it, mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah, I've. There's every now and then there'll be a, a, a clinker somewhere about something, uh, but it's usually a one-off. It certainly has never been an entire issue. Yeah. Um, so it's my my enjoyment has stayed at a very high level for these eleven issues so far, and that and that's really cool. Um, you know, to be honest, I'm a, I'm an old jaded comic book reader i've seen it all i've read it all you know it just but this is finally something that's been different enough that it just has really entertained me as i've read so and and not not just the uniqueness but also the story the you know also finding out oh so he did these things in between movies, in between whatever else he was doing, you know, so it's like – I also like the, the window into the world kind right. of uh, thing about it, too. And it's as, – as far as you said filling in uh, a gap or some gap, it's, it's entirely believable mm-hmm. as opposed to our feeling after having read the Leia series. Yeah, I'm just uh... – it 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 just didn't work with other things that we already knew about the character. Yeah, and, and the and the story and everything else. I mean, it was like it's like they they wanted this character to have been so much more. So they made this grand. What was it, five or six? Five is, five yeah. issue like string of this fantastical story, and this is you know part of Leia, and it was like. Where did you see, like, that evidence of, of this ever happening, like, with her character in the movies? Right, yeah. And I don't mean character in the person, but I mean character as in, is that why movie one versus movie two versus movie three, she was more mature because she went in search of her people? I mean, it was like, this is not believable. Yeah. Yeah, but Vader Vader has been. It, yeah. It's, it's very all so. very much in everything that we know about Vader. Alrighty, let's see here. We don't have any feedback this episode, and we have decided that for episode six, we're going to talk about the five-issue Lando miniseries. Yes, we must cover the Lando. I was going to say, I I think that's one you've been looking particularly forward to, is it not, Levi? Yes, it is, because that is – it it was just an awesome story, What, what they did with it and what happened in it was awesome. But but also the the character was never flushed out in in the series. (laughs) Uh, I mean obviously, but he was he was just such a a storied without having a story and and charismatic character and just to have had the, the minimal position that he did, but then for them to be like, no, we're we're going to do Lando and this is the story of all of the stories that we can possibly think of doing for him, this is the one that we're going to do, and it was, it was an outstanding story. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. If that's, not a, if that's not a preview, I don't know what is. <laughs> and so we are now at the time where we give our contact information, unless Levi has anything else he wants to add. Blando's awesome. All right. <laughs> and the, uh, the the emperor's got some weird hobbies. He, yeah, wow, yes. I mean, you can kind of understand why, I guess, but still, it's like, that that's just kind of weird. Well, no. All right, let's be fair. Uh, if you look at a, a martial arts practitioner, then it, it, what we talk about next episode is going to make sense. But, well, but if you – yeah, okay, we'll, we'll say okay, – I, I don't want to get into it because it will give stuff away. But I'll, I'll, I'll remember that analogy, a martial arts practitioner. Okay, I'll, I'll remember that. Well, I mean, think about it. If, if you have a person who practices Bushido, then they're going to have artifacts similar to what they practice. Uh, yes. But only from a functional standpoint. Because if they carry it beyond that, that just gets to be a, an, an, an excess. Not that it's not, not that they can't do that, but just in order just to practice Bushido, these handful of things, that's all you need. You know, not 40, 50, 60 different things that's kind of an overkill okay yeah I, unless you're I, I doing it do for another reason you know unless you truly are not just do you practice the martial arts but you also are into collecting uh, martial weapons let's say maybe he's in the preservation yeah could could be, could be. and uh, there there is a introduction of some rather memorable characters in that mini. Oh yeah. I I liked quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Also uh, something that, um, and I'll just end with this talking about the, the other issue. It may also be that he feeds off of the energy that comes off of the things that he collects. That would be a little bit more like what, what I would think. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Maybe, Maybe, you know, it, it, Adds to him overall, right, right, because of the nature of of what these objects are. That that I could see, but as far as I know, that was never uh, dwelt on. I guess no, but the concept was actually mentioned. Yes, yes, that uh, that it's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, guys, BigTimeNoise.com slash Star Wars is the website. Episodes go up there. You can leave comments there. On Twitter, if you want to tweet us, Teal Productions T-E-A-L, we see that feed. We'll be able to respond to you. Star Wars The New Era has Facebook and Google Plus pages. Under the new Google Plus, the page should be just as easy to find as it was under the old. Um... I looked at my Google Plus and I didn't see major differences in it, but other people apparently have. So, I don't know. In in navigation, um, it it doesn't seem to have changed very much. I think what other people are seeing are interface um, issues between either their operating system and G or their computer. Okay, that and G Plus stuff like that I could see. I mean, that would be un. Un, un, uh, uh, expected. You know what yeah. I mean It wouldn't be able to know All of the Right Or mutations to, to warn people That hey So uh, And of course There is the big change factor Apparently that uh, Is uh, No one No one likes change So I mean Anything that's different Is going to be horrible Evil awful and it, Yeah so. it's, it's anathema To many people nowadays So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah It's like How could you change it It's better And it sucks Wait what um- c- considering the amount of money everybody pays for it, I would be pissed too. We'll oh. see that, that that right there is, uh, uh, never mind yeah, oh, okay so and our email address, a new star wars era at gmail dot com it's there it works it's open use it use it with that episode six will be out hopefully within a fortnight or so it looks like mmm. Covering Lando Issues 1 through 5 from Marvel slash Disney. Lando Calrissier. So until we can recharge our lightsabers and get them back up, we'll talk to you guys then. (laughs) Later. Star Wars The New Era is a Teal production and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license. Music provided by freemusicarchive.org.